Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bikini and the Brain podcast. My name is Ashley Kaltwasser, and to my left here is Adam Bonilla from TeamElitePhysique.com. And uh, first, we have to address what the heck is this water bottle here? Or is it a water bottle? Yes, Please explain. It's my, RX, my RX water bottle. It says, it looks like a pill. It looks like a pill bottle, but it says RX water. It's the funniest thing. If you guys are on Amazon and you want to get a good gift for someone, I'm not sponsored by this or anything. It's just a stupid gift. Type in RX water bottle. And then it says, uh, like there's like a doctor prescription on it. And it says, Dr. D, like D-E-E, hydrated MD. <laughs> uh, quantity infinite, refills when empty. Uh, warning, this drink, this drink may cause frequent toilet breaks. Do not refill with toilet water. I didn't saw that. <laughs> I saw take, that. <laughs> take one drink by mouth, repeat until satisfied. Uh, and then the uh, even the RX number, it's like TH1R3TY, which is thirsty. Oh, <laughs> huh, how <laughs> clever. <laughs> it's a good fitness gift. Yeah, yeah, it's a good fitness gift. So, so clever. How fun. Right? I think so. I love it. Well, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit today about the hardest parts of bikiting. <laughs> <laughs> competing. I just mix bikini and competing together. Bikining. <laughs> okay. Let me do that again. I asked you guys on Instagram what the hardest parts of competing are. And you guys provided some pretty awesome answers. And um, what I, I notice is a lot of them are repeat answers, which means you guys are not alone. A lot of you guys have the same, um, I guess, uh, difficulties when it comes to competing. So, you know, I think uh, it's helpful to address them and maybe for provide some solutions if possible and kind of go over what our own individual uh, thoughts of what the hardest aspects of competing are. So, you know, we're all different and I think it's a kind of cool thing to just address it and, you know, maybe... I'll have a twin out there that thinks the same. <laughs> so, Adam, let's start with you. When you were a competitor, which he used to compete in men's physique, what was the hardest part about competing for you? For me, was for me it was the balancing life and competing. That was my hardest thing. I never had a hard time dieting. I've always been a good dieter. When I when I, I'm a good dieter when my mind is there. Mm -hmm. So that's that's usually the hardest part. But it, getting my mind there is always a, is a process. But um, the problem is with me and, I, and you're, I think we're so, we're actually very similar, which is funny where it's like, you're like a female version of me at times. And like, we have very similar mindsets. Um, my, my problem was I got so into it that I saw nothing else. Right. Um, I think you do a better job balancing it than I did. So I saw nothing else. It was, you know, you I couldn't keep a girlfriend. It was just like, all I cared about was this. And I, that's all I did. And that's all I cared about. And it just, whatever it took type of mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's great for periods of the year and, and things. But when you're competing all the time, it becomes a real issue. It gets really in the way of life, you know? And I think that was a, a mistake on my part, especially looking at it now now that I'm older and I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of like, un it was unnecessary. It's not that it helped that much, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was, that was my hardest part. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm kind of like that too, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for me right now I'm very focused but I mean I do other things too but I don't know I kind of like my my routine and my schedule for the time being you yeah. know um so I think getting in the zone and being very dedicated isn't necessarily a bad thing but like you said sometimes it's a bit much when you're yeah. doing it so frequently and looking back on it thinking yeah that's that probably wasn't necessary. <laughs> yeah, my, I think my issue you know? was more like self-isolating and that's oh. all I did. Because yeah. I was like, it was just like so extreme. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't go, I never went and did, um, you know, to, to dinners. I never went out. I didn't do anything but compete, like wake up, compete, go to sleep. And like everything was, I was, I guess I would say I lived in kind of like an anxious, an anxious panic about everything. And it wasn't mm -hmm. healthy. Like you balance that really good. Like you can eyeball your food. Um, you'll eat something here and there. Like I was, mine was more anxious. I was like, mm. oh, I don't know if I should go to like, let's say for example, like I'd go to like Disneyland with a girl or something like that. Right. Well, I don't know like what my calories I should consume based on all that walking. And mm -hmm. it really kind of throws me off. Am I going to be losing muscle? Cause I'm like, it was like, almost like a panic balance. Oh, like it right. wasn't like, 
it's different. It was just a, I don't know. I don't think it was a healthy obsession. It was too right. much. It was like very rigid, like yeah, very, very rigid. Okay. Too rigid. Yeah. And that's yes. how I, that's unfortunate. That's how I did kind of do all things in life, but it's, it's, it's made me excel at all things. That's why yes. I'm good at coaching too. You're an all or nothing kind of like, yeah, I just yeah. can't stop with mm-hmm. the hockey. I just didn't have any friends. All I did is play hockey. You know, it's okay. like, so it's just like, it's, so I think it's just me, but, um, but in, in bodybuilding, you can really take it far. In hockey, you can only do so much. Right. You can only train so much and you have no, you know what I mean? Ring time's done. Like there's just so much you can do. But in, in bodybuilding, there's no limit. You can, it's like, I just need to sleep. I just need, I can, I can just rest right now. I could just, I can go work out again. Gyms are 24 hours. Like there's no limit in bodybuilding. So I think you have to find what works for you and works for the people around you. And, you know, hopefully have those people around you um, at the end of it. And you do a good job with that. You know, you yeah. keep your friends, you have your friend yeah. time, you got your Hugo time, all that. So you do a good mm-hmm. job with that. So, yeah, I think, I think how I'm able to do it is cause I'm not very rigid. <laughs> well, I guess a lot of people might expect me to be more rigid than I am, but I'm kind of like easygoing when it comes to like prep, like, like I mentioned before, I don't like measure my food like that. I kind of eyeball it or just, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, take it. To, I mean, a little easygoing when it comes to that. So, um, maybe that is the reason, but who knows? I think, I think that's the reason why you can have longevity in it too. Cause it's mm-hmm. not affecting negatively on your life to the extreme of where a lot of people take it. Right. It's like, if I miss a gym session or cardio, I'm like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for like me, let's say I was on a flight with someone when I was really in the zone, I was on a flight, let's say whatever girlfriend and you come back and it's like 11 at night. Like I had to go to the gym. Oh, F Like that. there's zero chance I wouldn't go to the gym. Oh, Christmas gosh. day. I'd go to like find a way to mm-hmm. work out. Like it was, yeah. So that was my problem was the obsession of it. It was mm. too, too, too much. And well, I, I, I see people like that now and I think that it's important for them too, um, to find that balance, you know? Yeah. Um, this weekend was a good example with, um, Elizabeth who's out here was a for and, and Tina who's out here too at the prep house we took him to like a Mexican restaurant right and they were like oh do you know what the? and they were kind of going through that because they're out here to train I'm like look you can make this work very easily like everyone does this <laughs> like you know measure the chicken like look at it like it, you can eyeball this one if you're off by one ounce of you know of chicken and we're eyeballed by an ounce off and it's the same as what do you would have cooked at home like that's not going to be the thing that keeps you from the Olympia. Like it's not that one ounce of chicken. So I think that's important to to tell people, you know, there needs to be, you need to find that happy, that happy point of being strict and being realistic for a long period. And you've done a great job at that. Mm -hmm. And now you eyeball your food and you, um, you're, you just have good. I don't feel good today if I miss a workout. Yeah. (laughs) If it's not my fault, then I don't feel goodly. (laughs) Yeah. I think if you did that for, you know, 10 years, just stress driven every meal, every day, every workout woke up. Like if I think it would get to you eventually, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Like the over overly obsessed kind of like, yeah, I'm, you know, I think we all have our things, but yeah, I think sometimes it does become an issue. And I think that is uh, something that needs to be said because you're not alone. Cause that was on the list that, uh, having balance and having social life and, and all that definitely was a common, uh, response I got when I asked the question on Instagram. So, you know, it's, uh, you're not alone. So your ways that you found around it is just to be, how have you, how have you found? I do not recommend the way I do it. Yeah. I would never tell my clients not to measure their food. Sorry. Oh no, that's for sure. Yeah. You're hey, just, I'm an expert at this. But we've looked at it before, like when we were at the house and you were like dead on, you were like 0.2 ounces off with your chicken and point. So like if at the end of the day, if you're off by two ounces at the end of the day that, uh, of chicken, that's like 80 calories throughout the whole day. And, and that's not going to mess you, you up. Know you know, some, you want to know a fun fact, guys, even if you do measure your chicken, who knows that it's actually accurate in the sense that that chicken can be more dried out or more hydrated. Yeah. So if you have some dried out chicken that you left in the oven for maybe 15 minutes too long, that four ounce of dried out chicken isn't the equivalent to four ounces of crock pot, very hydrated chicken. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You're right. And I think there's also, when you talk about- You did a video on that before. Yeah, I did. There's a video uh, on YouTube about like different methods of cooking and the the net total, um, the net total weight of food and calories. Yeah. So um, there's another thing, too, we don't take into account is like, you know, when we talk about animals and we talk about humans and, and like, let's just take this to the next step. Um, let's look at Ashley's like legs as in like the meat of the legs. Right. And if you looked at like the legs of my meat of my legs, like Ashley's a lot more active than I am. So she's going to have less intermuscular fat than I do. Right. But let's say there's a let's say we weren't the top of the food chain and there was someone else that ate 
us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like they were like, you would just cut us both up because we would just be, you know, food. Yeah. And you would be like, okay, this is leg meat and this leg meat is X calories, right? Well, there's going to be differences, obviously, from, mm. from you know, person to person as well as from, you know, chicken to chicken and from whatever. You know, That's it's, a it's, good point. it's still, it's still, you know, biology, right? It's still right. like... It's still just a, a different thing. So that's why you get different pieces of, um, of steak that are going to be more expensive sometimes because they like keep them chained to whatever, like the, the baby cows in, in Japan, they keep them like chained from being super active. So they have more, act, they have more um, intermuscular fat and they're more expensive because of they, their, their upbringing. They're like massaged and they don't move and they just have more intermuscular. So, you know, you got a lazy chicken, I guess, <laughs> versus, a, versus a more active one on like a free range. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's something... Like dogs are different. Some dogs are lazy. Some yeah. dogs are super crazy active. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't it be the same with like chickens and that with, makes sense. I mean, right? If that we're makes sense. this is a, am I leaping here? I feel like I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm not. But no, that's a good, good thing. <laughs> something to think about. Yeah. So next time you're stressed about that extra ounce of chicken, yeah, you know, and you see some <laughs> there's lazy, more things to worry if about. You see some lazy chickens out there. Get them on plan. Have a message, teameliteephysique.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get them on that workout plan. That's right. <laughs> Don't you skip that cardio chicken. <laughs> Goodness. So for me, I want to say like my top three hardest aspects of competing. Um, so I think number one for me is pressure, right? The I talk about it all the time on here, the burden of expectation. The only negative thing that comes from being successful in what you do and this is like the only negative thing. So I don't want to complain that I've been successful and that I've won the Olympic before. It's not a complaint. But what comes of that is the burden of expectation. Meaning, if you don't do well, if you don't win, if you come a little bit off, like it's people that have these high expectations of you. And, and if you don't meet those expectations, it's like a disappointment. And I always use like the analogy of like, let's say there's a rookie bikini girl. It's her first year competing at the Olympia. Let's say she gets fifth place. No one expected her to even get top 10. She got fifth place or whatever. She would be get like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's incredible. Everyone would be telling her congratulations. Wow. Right? But if I were to get fifth, it'd be like, oh, Ashley. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that. Oof. Maybe next year, you know, I'm, you know, oof, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? So, having that it's like to to match what you've done previously or exceed it is difficult right but in order to i guess meet their expectations that's what you got to do and then when you don't it's a disappointment and if you don't if you're not careful it can get to yourself you can get to yourself i mean like the, it can get in your head and you know alongside with the pressure and everything you, you know for me especially like i compete a lot so I'm not, it, it's unrealistic to think I'm going to be 100% at every show, right? Last year I competed 12 times. To be 100% 12 times, oof, darn near impossible. And it's like, you know, when I'm off, you know, it's bound to happen. If, you know, somebody beats me or whatever, it's such a big deal. It's like, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, don't have such high expectations for me all the time. I'm human. I do the best I can, but I can't always be 100%, you know, so... That, for me, I think is the most difficult part of bikini. I'm doing it again. I'm making my own word, bikini. Your calories are still relatively high. <laughs> my brain just does not want to cooperate today. It's the hardest part of... I'm it again. Competing. Do you, do you want an energy drink? I got it over the I, I'm two energy drinks deep, okay? <laughs> um, so, for me, that is the hardest part about competing. Um, you know, so... It's like I said, I wouldn't trade winning for anything, but that's the only negative side effect of being successful, right? And that happens in anything. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to do with the sport, but you know, just people's expectations of and you. I, I think that that's good to to say out loud too, yeah. because there's though people may not be in the same position as you. Everyone puts that pressure on themselves when they do a show, and that's the thing. You could do a show and win the whole show because no one showed up. And then the next show, you have like five national competitors at an NPC show just trying to qualify again for next year. And then that same show, you the next year you get, you know, fourth place. And you're like, I'm getting worse. This is worse than, than the last time I mm -hmm. won the whole thing. 
this, whatever, it could be, have a new coach. You're like, it's just this coach, whatever, but you're actually better or something like that. You know, that's happened to me before too, where I've had a girl go to nationals, um, where she did better. Let's say she did better at USA's than nationals, right? Both of those are impossible shows. They're like ridiculously hard, <laughs> like super, super hard, you know? So she does great at USA's and then she went, I think she, I don't know. She got like, she was the first call out at USA's. I think she might've got like six or seven. And then that nationals got like a second call out, but got in that upper tier of the second call. Out. Like maybe it was like 10th or ninth, right? She's like, that's worse. I got second. I'm like, it's different people. It's not the same people on a different day. You know what I mean? It's, and even if it was the same people on different day, maybe they're better, you know, maybe they're like, maybe yeah. you're a little off. Like maybe, you know, something happened weird. You didn't sleep so good. Your prep, your body doesn't work. Like, but it's, so that's important to say you're going to, it doesn't, so don't go off of the placing because it will vary based on who shows up. But go off of if you're actually better or not the next time, if you're closer, if there was something off that happened, like take those things into account, you know, because this is a, it's like Ashley said, you know, at this point, if anyone were to have figured out their body to be perfect a hundred percent of the time, it would have been Ashley at this point. Like, <laughs> like how, how many dry, dry runs do you need? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, to figure that obviously if there's going to be a variance, it's just not a formula thing. It's a response thing. And it's something that's not within control so you're gonna have those you're gonna have those you see them at the top level with bodybuilders all the time and i mean they're everything is crazy with bodybuilders you know best coaches best supplements best everything and they're off you know look at rammy at the olympia this year he was a little off right no he didn't have any reason why he should have been he just was a little off yeah so like it's just so just something to be taken into account for you girls out there that put a lot of pressure on yourselves that you're going to have variances and don't go off the placing from show to show because it's a different game every single time you play. Mm -hmm. yep. Every single time you play. Yeah. Not yeah. only that, it's also bikini. <laughs> yeah. So depending on who you're standing next to, you can appear too lean. You can compare, you can appear too soft, uh, too muscular, not muscular enough. It really, it really does de depend on who's judging who shows up to because that's, you know, unlike bodybuilding, <laughs> bikini is a lot more objective so like uh or so, sorry subjective <laughs> so i'm just like a mess today apparently <laughs> sorry it's, okay. it's way more subjective <laughs> than bodybuilding is right so like it's got a lot more opinions mixed around like one judge might think oh no she's perfect next judge might be like oh she's too lean another judge might be like mm, she needs to be more conditioned uh you know so it, there are like limits in bikini, but they're not super strict, right? So depending on who shows up to, you know, I could I could look like the most muscular girl on stage or the smallest girl on stage, depending on who I'm standing yeah. next to, right? And that has a lot to do with it as well. But yeah, it definitely can get to your head. So be careful not to. And I think that happened in 2018 when I came back to Olympia. And funny enough, I actually did get fifth place in 2018. And I was, I was happy. I was like, oh my God, I'm back. I'm back, guys. Top five at the Olympia. And I thought I looked better than ever. But since I've won previously, um, it was kind of like a one of those Oh, oh gosh, I'm sorry, Ashley. That sucks. How disappointing, you know? But it was like, I was excited about it. I was happy about it until it was like the feedback was like, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry, Ashley, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, something I always have to keep in mind is like, you know, I'm not going to be perfect every show as long as I'm making good progress um, from a year to year basis. Not every show I'm going to see that progress but at the end of the day the amount of times that I've done better you know add up so you know yeah. something to keep in mind yeah you got to be realistic about these things in every sport there's going to be someone coming up to take someone's throne at any any day you know mm -hmm. you have it in literally every sport there's always going to be that and so you're gonna have to you have to fight that off too you know you're gonna have to fight especially when you're competing in bikini you might be five years in and then you see a girl who's one year in and she like starts winning and she passes you for a pro card. Like genetically, it's just part of it. So that's something to take into account too. Like you got to be your own personal best and not let those things affect you because it's just the way the, it's just the way the sport is, you know, there's going to be, some people are going to be a little faster, but the bikini thing I like is it's, it's a great neutralizer um, because there is a limit to everything, you know, yes. that's what I like about it. It might take you eight years to build a bikini pro level physique, but it might take another girl one year but there's a limit to how muscular that girl that got it in one year can get. She kind of reaches that cap yeah, really quickly. That's a good you know? point. Yeah. So I do like that about it. In bodybuilding, it's like almost infinite how big you can get, right? To to a degree. Like 
even Rami, when he got as big as no one, they were never like, you're too big. You know, they were just like, yeah, he's huge. You know, it was mm-hmm. never like, he's too muscular. Yeah. They were just like, he can't get lean enough yet. And so, um, and even you see these big guys like Nick, he's getting so big. They're not even being like, he's not too big. Right. So, but in bikini, they, they do say, oh, she's too big. So that's one thing I like about it is that even though someone may be passing you, um, faster because genetically they got there faster than you, at least there's a limit for them and that you have that equalizer. Right. Yes. So, um, kind of went in a different direction, but it was nice to at least That's talk okay, about yeah. because I'm going to, I'm going to segue that into my next, um, thing that I find most difficult about the sport. So, you know, I've been in sport for like 10 years, you know, it's a long time. It's always evolving. I don't want to say changing, but evolving, you know, they're getting better. Town pool is getting deeper and you know, I'm a smaller framed girl. So, you know, if it's getting a little more muscular, it's harder for me to put on muscle up top. So that's something I've always been kind of struggling with, although it's gotten a lot better though. So that is the second thing. And then the third thing that I find most difficult about the sport is not competing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm that's on it. I, I can't not compete. <laughs> I'm on the same page as you. It's funny is that when the season's happening, yeah. And we're in the knee deep into shows and I'm like, oh, Ashley's doing another show. Whoever's doing another show and Anya's doing a show. Whoever's doing a show, right? And I'm like, oh, there's a show, there's a show, there's a show. I just need like, I just need like three weeks of people not doing shows, you know, like a break. And then when I get it and I'm like, start the damn shows. <laughs> I'm like dying for shows. Yes. It's only January. I'm already dying for shows. Yeah. We didn't make it like four weeks. We're both like, get some shows going here. Yeah, I know. I know. It's hard <laughs> to keep me away from the stage. It's just... I, I get I get the FOMO so bad when I see like the shows happening on social media and I'm like, I, I want to be there. What if I was competing at that show? Hmm. Look at the stage lights. Oh my God, that would look so, I want I want this, this suit with that background. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it so much. So it's like hard to keep me off the stage. So I'd say that's my third most challenging part about uh, <laughs> just forget. I, I should just walk off <laughs> competing. okay so let's go into some of the um difficulties you guys have when it comes to competing and i will say by far without a doubt there was one thing that was way more frequently said than anything else and i'm sure you guys can probably guess it although i don't think adam guessed it right away yeah it was your second guess my second guess Dieting, guys, dieting, sticking to the diet, hunger, cravings, everything diet-related. And, you know, I, I've i spoke about this so many times. I used to have problems, like, with the food. I used to always be hungry. I used to always have cravings. But it's almost like I've re- retrained my taste buds. And now I I barely get hungry. Rarely. Rarely get hungry. Um, if I do get hungry, it's usually just, like, in the morning time when I first wake up. Uh, cravings, minimal, very minimal cravings, nothing that would like, like distract me. It might be like, "Hmm, I want something sweet right now, but nothing crazy. So I swear I I just retrained them or something, but it's, um, not an issue for me anymore. Although I know it's, it's a big deal to a lot of people out there, but you mentioned diet is something that you never really struggled that much with. I never really, you know, I, I do have an unfair advantage though of dieting because of where, I think because of where I grew up and the expectations were, and it's kind of, so here, I guess I'll go into this a little bit farther because, so I grew up in LA, right? So Venice Beach, Gold's Gym, like all these places where I was always at, it was just surrounded by bodybuilders all the time. So it was just kind of normal. All the people around me were eating that way. I worked at a supplement shop at 16. Like my, my family owns a butcher store, like is. You know what I mean? Like it was just so for me, it was like very normal to just um, live that lifestyle. And so I kind of was like, everyone's doing it. This is what I should do. You know, so it was like, I think the influence of it really took part of me. So I never had a hard time dieting um, because I just knew what the expectations were if I wanted to look like that. Right. And I just wanted to be I just wanted to be cool. I want to be one of the bodybuilders. I wanted to be like be I wanted to like fit in with those guys. And so I think the the draw of it was more important to me than the the taste of anything, you know. And so, and also, um, when I was younger as well, the, the methods of which we were like gaining was still bulking and things like that. So I had an abundance of food. And then when I was cutting, I would have, as soon as I got in the zone, I had no problem with it, but I was also training so much cause we didn't have like online coaching, you know, then when I was like getting ready for shows, it was just 
in-person coaching. Um, so I only had a few minutes in between clients. And so I had this really, and if this is, this is probably a terrible tip for you guys, but it works. Um, how I would do my food is I'd eat my breakfast and then the rest of my meals pretty much for the whole day, even dinner, usually I would just put in one big container. So I would get like whatever was like, you know, two pounds of turkey, all my rice for the day, all my oils. And I would just put it in this big like container and the guys at work are like, Oh, you got your trough. <laughs> and, um, I would just in between clients, I had like five minutes and I even got to the point where I didn't eat food that would require chewing so much because I didn't have time to chew because I was, so if you think of me now as like, you know, I'm a pretty busy coach or whatever. Right. Um, I was back when there was nothing but in person, I was like probably one of the more like trying to say this modestly, like the more sought out guys in my area. And so I was back to back nonstop, you know, 15 sessions a day was no problem, you know? So, um, I would be, I had five minutes in between my clients. I would make my sessions 55 minutes. My clients knew why <laughs> so I had to go and run to the break room that shovel like four spoons of whatever it was like turkey was easy to eat or Greek yogurt was easy to eat and potato that was mashed was easy to eat. So I didn't have to really chew it. I could mm-hmm. just swallow it kind of. And so once you get, once you do that through work and you have to eat, if you're a bodybuilder, once you figure out a way to have to do that, you kind of don't care about eating anymore. You just do it for what you're supposed to look like. The problem is it was so convenient. I just carried that through the rest of my life. Shoot, you should have just blended it up in a blender and put it in a big <laughs> shaker bottle, all the meat and potatoes and oil and just, just sipped it. I yeah. mean, it, might <laughs> it got, it got pretty, so once I got in the zone and I was like there, I just never left Yeah, for years. I just never left. And then, yeah, it was just, that's what it was. But so it, at a certain point it becomes routine and normal. And, um, I don't looking back on it now, you know, I don't think it was the, the smartest thing, but, um, but it works, you know, it works. Yeah. So, but I think there's a, there's a, there's a point that crosses and you've been living there for a long time. So I think it's hard for you to, to also fully understand it and experience it. But, um, the one time the, where I learned the most about bodybuilding was when I wasn't bodybuilding. That's what was really cool. Um, for me, you know, I'm always trying to like learn like what people are going through and how they're experiencing it. And, I was, I would say I was a way worse coach before I stopped lifting for a little while. And I want to give you that, that like experience too. So I, um, I hurt my shoulder and I had to take like, really, I didn't need to take that long off. I needed to take like probably six weeks off my, my shoulder. Um, but that ended up turning into like four months, five months, something like that. And, um, that was the only time since I was 13 where I didn't work out. And the reason is, is that when I took six weeks off, I just had no motivation to get back in the gym. And then with not being motivated for my my body, my food started going south too, right? So I basically started like a newbie would start kind of, right? I had obviously knowledge, but I started back in the gym, like working out again. And I, I, I went through this process of like, man, I don't even want to be here. Like I had to like force myself to work out. And then I had to like learn how to diet again. I had to convince myself to not eat, right? And I thought I was weak. I was like, this is pathetic what am I doing here like I can't stop like with food like I can't like just control my appetite and have abs again like what's going on this is so weak but I couldn't do it right so I've been through that process once and it was really it was really cool to go through because I had to learn what the normal person goes through when they're taking on a fitness journey maybe for the first time and so now that I reflect back on it I'm able to be like yeah it is hard to get started it is hard to stick to your diet yeah it's you could be eating out of this trough like I was and be like super hardcore and be like, you're weak if you're not doing it. But then I went through the other experience where I was the other guy. I was both guys. I was the, I was the, if you want to call the weak guy or the super diligent guy who had couldn't break. Right. So there's a, there's a definitely a process that you have to go through to get there. And now, now we need to like figure out, okay, how do we get someone there? Maybe not all the way there, but like somewhere where they're dedicated, where it's not a struggle. And I think, nowadays the is what you do you know how you are so great with your food and tasty the tasty foods that you make yeah i see we're spoiled these days right we've got like sugar-free barbecue sauce for example we have dessert flavored gum we have a skittles flavored like drink mix that's sugar-free like these are such cool things and it helps me feel like i'm not really missing out i've learned how to cook and season my food the way i like so i don't feel like i'm you know I don't feel tempted to have things that aren't really on my menu, you know? So I'm lucky for that. You know, we're all lucky to be living in a time. (laughs) Because let me tell you something, even protein shakes like 15 years ago, no matter what brand, it's just, you know, now they they taste like milkshakes. But uh, back in the day, 
in in high school when I was I was consuming protein shakes, they they oh, I gagged. There's like all these Not cool good. flavors now. I'm it. We have protein cream, cookies too. The ice cream thing. Yeah. Kimber makes this uh this horchata protein. It's like an horchata protein. It's crazy. They have like I they like have how it. you say it. Horchata. Horchata. <laughs> horchata. <laughs> it's like you know when do you like. You know, that's that's something that we just didn't have before, you know, all these different flavors and all these crazy things, you know. Like, I think she got a cereal one the other day. It was like a Fruity Pebbles cereal one the other day. Like, there's just so many options. But I, I do think uh, there's a process for people getting their mindset to the point of being good at their diet, and you have to listen to that. And I think that if you're fighting it too much, here's the, here's the problems I think we run into. You have someone who is let's say where I was earlier, but wanting to do a fitness competition, but their mindset isn't where I was when I was competing, right? It's still somewhere in the beginning or in the middle. And then they, they temporarily visit the mindset of where I had when I was like super diligent. And as soon as the show's done, they go right back to the, to the Adam who wasn't dedicated and trying to figure this out. And it was like just really suffering in it. And I think those people, when you go from super adherent and just forcing yourself to, oh, it's freedom. Those are the ones that gain the most weight back post-show mm -hmm. and then they have to diet and it's this it's this process that people just constantly go through and it really sucks because you're dieting really hard and you are having you know effects of that you're having you know your metabolism is going to slow down your hormones production is going to be a little bit lower all these things are going to happen when you're dieting really hard and getting ready for a show and so when you get done with the show you're very susceptible to gaining a lot of body fat back very quickly and then you're eating because there's nothing keeping you dedicated to eating not to not eating that way and then what happens is they gain 20 pounds and then they say, oh, I want to get this 20 pounds off of me. It feels terrible. I don't like the way I feel. And so, you know, three weeks, four weeks later, they're up 20 pounds and they're like, I need to diet this off. I need to get this off of me. Right. Well, cool. But the problem is your body's not working the way it was when you originally lost the 20 pounds. Now you're in a way worse spot at the same place you where you started. Like it's a, it's terrible place for you to be. And now it's going to take you twice as long to diet and you have to do it again. And then you're in a rebound again after that. So you have to look at, you know, kind of do this game like chess, not just, you know, not just one move, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if you're that person and don't lie to yourself, like if you're that person who needs that weekly free meal, who needs to change their diet up, like be open with your coach and just tell them like, we don't think you're weak. We just think you're at a certain point of the process where you have that, you know? Um, everyone has what's going to make it work for them, you know, mm -hmm. being super diligent and super Absolutely. not, you know? So find what works for you. Um, but there's a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of even pros that I work with will have that free meal weekly. Kimber has a free meal weekly, you know, and she's getting ready for shows right now. Um, so it's, it's just whatever you need, you know, that that's going to make you stick to it long-term, not just get your results in prep. I do think there's times where you have to just go hardcore, maybe the last four weeks for a show, if you're a little behind or something like that. But for the most part, you can kind of get away with most, like a little bit here and there if you need it, you know, and ideally, yeah, it would be best to just eat clean and not need those things. But if that's not realistic for you, then face those facts and, you know, make the adjustments as needed for you to have this, uh, you know, be maintainable for you long-term, you know? Absolutely. They say that the best diet is the one you can stick to, yes. you know? So even if that means a little more calories, a little cheat here and there, um, it's better than going with the whole, uh, boiled, boiled fish and asparagus for, um, <laughs> for a whole prep and then, going crazy after a show, you know, I, it's like the slingshot, the, the harder you diet, the more restrictive you are is like pulling it back, pulling the yeah, slingshot good, back. Good and then whenever you're done with your show, it's going to shoot further forward, the more you pull back. Right. That's so, yeah. So it's like the slingshot effect. So, you know, it's better just to, to, you know, like you said, Hey, we have to do a, a cheat meal every week. Um, up, up until last month. Hey, if that's, what's going to keep you sane and that's, what's going to keep you from binging after then let's do it, you know? Yeah. So. I, one one quick uh, throwback. Um, remember we were talking about the food and varying, the food varying for, um, you know, chickens that weren't as active and whatnot? Oh, yeah. I guess that's a thing. That's a thing. Dang, I hope my chickens are, are uh, <laughs> she said, yes, are working out. Yes, uh, I wasn't, I was like, am I off here on this? And she said, active animals, especially those exposed to cold temperature, will have more brown mass. So, yeah, so it's a thing. So I guess based on, uh, geographically too, I guess mm -hmm. that's going to be a, a factor. So I guess time of year. Yeah. So I guess that, what is, yeah, that's great. That's a fun fact. Yeah. I want to, I want to see something you can't even control. So you yeah, know, you just got to do your best you can with the measurements. So yeah. Know. So for those of you out there who are, um, very, I guess I would say, 
uh, hyper obsessed with it, you know, understand there's even factors out of your control that, that are telling you, Hey, <laughs> maybe, maybe, not, maybe not as hyper obsessed. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, another common, um, response that I got was the expense of the sport. It is a pretty pricey sport. And I think some people get the idea that like one G turn pro you're, you know, your finances are going to be set and the money is going to roll in, you know, not necessarily. You have to, first off, you can still make really good money from the sport without being a pro by doing other things like, you know, being a coach, for example, like coach Adam is over here. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's an expensive sport. When you think about it, um, the training, the, the special foods, the, Hair, the makeup, the tan, the suits, the entry fees, the travel expenses, they add up, they add up. And, you know, it's something that's hard to get around, especially if you're just an amateur competitor, uh, up and coming, you know, you probably don't have those sponsorships, you know, I think that's one thing that I struggled with in the beginning too, is expense. I remember being broke and having to room at a show I did this for a few shows, actually. I roomed with, like, five girls. <laughs> Always did my own makeup and hair, you know. Um, I wore the same suit for, like, a year straight. Like, I was broke, you know. Luckily, now I have everything taken care of. You know, travel, hair, makeup, suit. Well, I just I still do my own makeup. What am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I don't like getting my makeup done. F that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if I wanted to get it taken care of, I could. Um, so... I've definitely, I'm very grateful and, you know, I never take any sponsorship for granted and never forget the little things. Um, But not everyone can expect that right off the bat. It's something that I've accumulated over time in success and everything like that. But getting into the sport is definitely challenging if you're not, if you don't have the finances for it. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's some ways to be, you know, more smart than others with when it comes to that. And, um, I think you should guys, there's a, there's a lot of videos on YouTube that'll show you how to cut those finances on it. Um, you know, self apple, self applying pro tan, for example, um, you know, do learning your own hair and makeup, like how you do it, you mm-hmm. know, staying local with your shows and, and yes. you know, that type of thing. Being strategic yeah. with the show planning, yeah. you know, maybe getting multiple shows out of a single prep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's, uh, you using know, suits, borrowing suits, renting suits, and you did a video on like buying food and prep food in bulk you did it a few years ago yeah i, I remember i was actually thinking about that we did it together yeah we did it together i don't think i did it with you yeah me you and no we didn't oh i thought it was me you i thought it was me you and anya did it no oh well no. oh okay i think it was just you and anya uh, okay. i wasn't cool enough <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but now you know we have trifecta now so yeah. yay uh but it's yeah it, it can be challenging so you just got to be smart about it i think what's what we need to look at too with the sport. And I think this is important for people to talk about. And it's probably something I'll do a, like a, a YouTube video on or something one day, but there's certain sports that aren't careers. They're opportunities. Yes. And, and fighting is one of them. Dana White, when he's talking about the UFC and he was talking about the like fighter pay and whatnot, he's like, you guys, he was like talking to the reporters and he's like, he's like, you, fighting isn't a career. It's an opportunity. You make, you make whatever you want out of this. He's like, it's a blink, you know, in your life. So, yeah. So, like, I think we need to look at that, too. And this is not something you're not going to retire at 65 and get a pension from competing in bikini. You know, your, your time is, is limited to an injury, to your genetics being the current, the current standard of what it is when the sport changes or whatever. Like, you're, it's a very limited window. And it could be 20 years. It could be 10. It could be 5. It's depending on your mindset, your genetics, how your body continues to respond. Hormones. I mean, some people, you know, just so like have kids and they don't want to compete anymore. There's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that go into it, mm-hmm. you know, in an athlete's career, it's always an injury away from being done. And that's, yeah. that's the unfortunate truth. No matter what sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So remember that you need to make the most of this mm-hmm. while you got it. But if you're, if you're thinking, you know, I'm going to be, you know, LeBron James play basketball my whole life and then get this, you know, $50 million signing bonus when I get my pro card. That's not how it works. That is not the sport. <clears throat> UFC's not like that. Boxing's not like that. IFBB's not like that. There's no sport that's like, it's only like the main ones that get that initial signing bonus and you made it, you know? And the problem is people think, oh, I'm going to get my pro card. I'm going to make it. I'm like, no, that's that's a 
platform for you. Yeah. And it is an opportunity for you. It's a great opportunity to get eyes on you and make mm-hmm. the most out of it. But you got to make the most out of it. Yeah. You know, because your window, you don't know how long that's going to be, you know. Right. And so um, it's and that's what I was, it's funny. I was even telling um, like Elizabeth and, and, and Tina when they're out here, I'm like, you, you have a great opportunity to to tell your story and tell that's behind the scenes and and make something out of it. They're, um, you know, Elizabeth does coaching and stuff, too. And so, um, you know, this is a this is that thing. So I think it's important that we ask not just do you want to get a pro card, but it's why you want to get a pro card. What are you going to do with that pro card? Mm-hmm. What is it going to do for you? Are you going to launch a supplement brand? Are you going to launch a clothing brand? Are you going to be a posing coach? Like what? How does this help you? Does it help you get sponsorships? Does it yeah. get, you know, modeling contracts, whatever it is. But just understand, you know, you're not getting even if you're winning pro shows, you know, you're unless you're winning huge pro shows, which is very few people, you're not getting like, you know, we're like making a living from the actual competing. It's always gonna be something else. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, you can definitely these days, you don't even need to, to win shows to be competitive. There's mm-hmm. girls on social YouTube, media, there's girls on YouTube crushing mm-hmm. it, you know, just telling their story of them competing. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's like, that, I think that's important to talk about too. So there's a ton of opportunities. You don't need to be a pro to start doing that. Um, and yeah, I think everyone should take, I, I want everyone to make a living doing fitness. Yeah. And going back to what you said about like competing and stuff, you know, I think it's funny because sometimes it, whenever the subject of me competing so much gets brought up, they think, oh, well, she needs the money. She's doing it for the money. <laughs> Listen, mm, competing is of the money I make from the actual prize money of competing, small fraction of my entire income. In fact, if you were to ask me, Ashley, what is your job? It's hard to answer because I have probably like, I want to say like 10 or 12 uh, streams of income from different things, all fitness related though, all because I compete, but not because of the prize money itself. So it's funny when people say that, like this poor girl, she's, she's broke. She just needs to compete for the checks. Like, no, I'd compete if the check was $20. Yeah. I don't care. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, yeah. Just don't get it twisted. It's it doesn't necessarily translate like that. But there's a lot you can do with competing, and and I think people might be surprised too. You know, when we think of professional athletes, you're thinking of you're thinking of basketball, you're thinking football, golf, you know, tennis maybe. But there's sports like, for example, volleyball, women's volleyball, like yeah. things that you don't. It's not the first thing that comes to mind. Professional athletes, they make less than us. Yeah. I will say that. So I'm, you know, there's so much you can do with this sport and take advantage of the time. Do all the things, do all the things, take all the opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Build your brand. It's the same thing. Yeah. With like, when you talk about, um, it's funny because people talk about it like with, I always go back to fighting because I'm like a big fight fan, you know, but these guys who are, you'll see like a Conor McGregor, a Floyd Mayweather and these huge like multi-million dollar things. And and most, there's over 50% of the UFC is making less than $48,000 a year. Right. These guys are like fighting, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like trying to survive, fighting the toughest yeah. humans on the planet. Risk, real risk is there. But they make their money outside of it, promoting yes. brands, supplements, creating yeah. their own things, teaching classes, opening gyms, things like that. You know, so it's uh it's it's about getting that platform mm-hmm. and making the most of it. So um though the competing is expensive, think of it as an investment, investment. into yes. your future stuff. Or or it's think of it as, you know, as it could, you know, if you don't want to do that stuff and it's just a hobby thing for you, that's nothing wrong with that too. But exactly the value of the story and of what it does for you, I think Mm -hmm. it has its own investment too, because there's no, there's no way I would have been where I'm at without competing. And so I value it because what it did for me, it was like almost like a, like a mindset class, you know? Um, Like Arthur does these classes. He talks about these weekend workshops and stuff, these like mindset classes and stuff. He's real into those. And for like, for me, like I don't go to those mindset classes or anything like that. I listen to Jordan Peterson and do my things, but, but what really instilled kind of inner strength into me and dedication and showing me what I can do when I set my mind to something was competing because once you can make it through a prep where it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, for, for a year on end, basically like you realize once I'm dedicated to something and I can set my mind to it, then I can do anything in life. Like running, you know, like team elite physique and coming in and doing my running. This is like nothing compared to that, you know? And so it's, it's just, it's, there's an investment part of it. And it's like, it's just this thing that stays with you the rest of your life that I think is, I honestly think everyone should do it because there's no sport like it um, that will require that much of you. Cause every other sport doesn't require the same nutritional, like daily things. Right. Yeah. 
And so like, even when I was saying, you know, hockey, we, we kill ourselves the hockey. And then you did your off ice stuff. You did, you know, in the, in the gym too, but you just go eat whatever you want after that. It didn't matter. You know what I mean? As, unless you were like crazy overweight, you just eat whatever you want. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like three hours a day was a lot. You know, that was yeah. it. And for, for prep, it's like 24 hours. You have to eat. You have to wake up. You have to sleep right. You have to do, so it's, it's just a different thing, you know? So Definitely. I don't know. I think everyone should invest in it. And, and in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty small mindset class in terms of cost, mm-hmm. you know? So there cool. you go. There's my, that was a long one on that. I, yeah. went, off, I went off on that. Huh? My goodness. We're, we're at the, is look it, at this list. We're at number two. Is it Tuesday yet? <laughs> <laughs> look at this long oh list. Oh my gosh. Okay. Keep we're going. We're at number two. Unless you want to do I'm a part still, two I'm next still week. still talking about fat chickens. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> we can always do a part two if you like it. You know? Okay. So, um, the third, um, thing I have on the list of many is conditioning at a high level yeah. or a national level because it is much different than your local show. Yeah. You need to be on point and it's, it's not comfortable to get to that level of conditioning. I would agree. It's not easy to get to that level of conditioning, but if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what do they say? The, the, um, the harder the struggle, the sweeter the reward. So just know that you're part of a very, minuscule percentage if you get that national level conditioning you're freaking a freak yeah. in a good way <laughs> so yeah. you know it's kind of cool i like i like being conditioned it feels nice yeah you're uh what you, you're wind resistant you said wind? uh agile agile and you know aerodynamic aerodynamic and <laughs> agile i'm floating on the air as i walk when i am conditioned She's built like a lamborghini the air just yeah, flows off exactly of her. i'm not all clunky and sloppy you know i'm just like it's like where did Ashley go? She yeah. she already took three laps around the gym. You know, yeah. so. I have no wind resistance. I'm like a school bus right now. <laughs> He's sturdy. He's sturdy. sturdy. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, that's a good one right there. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the thing is I think everyone needs to and it. And here's the thing um, with with that. Just like as you have to progress to getting better at dieting, you have to progress as your mindset of what you're willing to um, adhere to and the discomfort of prep for longer periods. And it's a, it's just like training your muscles. Your muscles get stronger. Well, your mindset gets stronger too. Your, your willingness to go farther with it gets stronger too. And maybe you stay local for the first two years, you know, um, bikini is, you know, very muscular and very conditioned now at the, at the upper levels. And it's going to take you some time, but don't get discouraged by it. Stay local until it's time for you and just have fun with it and mm-hmm. kind of progress your way up. Might take you a little longer these days to get to that upper tier, but there's no reason why you can't have fun competing in NPC and, and having a good time with it. It's funny is I talked to actually some pros um, that would, they like remember how fun it was competing at the NPC and they like take it for granted. They took it for granted and they regret it. I've had this conversation with a few girls and they're like, man, I just really had such a good time competing. Uh, one of the pros I used to, I used to um, have, uh, she was a coach on our team and everything. She, uh, she was like, man, I was just so fun. Like I went in and, I think she won like eight overalls at a local show. She's like, it was just so fun to like go in and dominate. And like, it was just like, it was just so fun. And now I'm at a pro and I'm, you know, it's, she's, she wasn't placing so high. Um, she ended up placing a uh, top five once, but she was like, it's just so, I just wish I would have enjoyed it mo- more because when I was at an NPC level, it was, my journey was always got to get a pro card, got to get a pro card, got to get a pro card. And I never really like enjoyed it. And even when I was like winning, I was just still focused on, improving my look only for nationals, all I cared about, you know, and mm-hmm. I was just never like enjoyed the time. She's like, I wish I would have just sat back. She's like, honestly, I, if I, knowing what I know now, I probably would have stayed NPC for like another one or two oh. years. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I just really enjoyed it. Like I, I, having friends to go to shows with and local people and all my clients, cause she trained locally would go to the shows. And now it's like, I'm out and by myself. And this is so, um, yeah. So I taken from, I've heard this from a few pros, um, enjoy the time that you're at the NPC. You know, there doesn't need this huge rush to get to the IFBB and, yeah. and enjoy your time. You know, you could be a little softer at an NPC show. You could, mm-hmm. you know, do more shows at an NPC level and have fun with it. I guess this goes completely against our, it's expensive things. So I'm saying do more, <laughs> but, but it's fun and enjoy it, you know? Yeah, totally. It's like you're, you're, um, a big fish in a small pond versus being a small fish in a big pond. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Don't, I, I would say even in the NPC and the IFBB, don't take any moment for granted. I savor every moment. I always say this, like just know that you're, you're very lucky to even be privileged enough to compete and yeah. 
be there and have the health to do so, the finances to do so, the opportunities to do so. So whether it's NBC or IFBB stage, man, don't don't let it go to waste. It's just enjoy every part of it. Enjoy all the sucky parts too. Yeah. All the sucky parts, every part of it. Because it's not sucky as you think. You'll look back and be like, eh, still fun though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll look, I'll like an ad, analyze that when people are like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. It's not, it's not good for you. And then I'm, not, and I'm like, what's, what's bad about it? What's so terrible about eating healthy and moving more? Because you can't look like this? Yeah. Is that <laughs> like, why it's bad? Yeah. What's so bad about it that you're saying like, because they're working out a little bit more than you and eating healthy? Like what's exactly? There's, this? there's yeah. riskier sports out there. Yeah. Let me tell you, especially yeah. in bikini. Like, you know what I mean? I don't see too many like pec tears in bikini and I don't see too many blown out ACLs in bikini, no concussions, concussions, no head on collisions in bikini. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) there's much like freaking race car drivers or something like that. I'm like, "Ah." in the grand scheme of things, no hospital visits for sure. In the grand scheme of things, (laughs) even if you, uh, let's say you mess up your hormones a little bit or something, you can still fix it. And it's not like the, it's not the that big of a deal. Like, you know what I mean? So anyway, um, so next up is knowing when to push hard versus rest. And whenever I see this, I think of those girls that are like, you know the type. You tell them, okay, you need to take a deload week. You need to rest for a week. And they're like, no, I got to work out. Yeah. I got to go to the gym. I got to fill the pumps. I got to fill the pumps. You yeah. know, those people that are very stubborn that they want to overachieve too much where it's almost to the point where it's like, Whoa, you just need let your body rest a little bit. That's what I think of when I when I see that. I'm not that type of person though. You tell me to take a week off from the gym of like, okay. I'm getting <laughs> I'm going to the spa. I'm getting a massage. I'm gonna get pampered all freaking week while everyone else is at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> the uh I think that's a really important. Listen to your body. You know, listen to your body. Uh a good example, so uh, and actually I have to tell you about it too, because Tina and Elizabeth, they're out here doing this crazy intense workout. And it's something that I don't recommend for pretty much everyone unless you're in the perfect environment to do it um, and everything checks out and you're just, you should be, you're you're basically living bodybuilding. And so they're both out here. They're going through this like two month gaining thing where they're working out twice a day, eating heavy, lifting heavy. Uh, I talked to them, yes, yes, Saturday, Saturday. And um they're both, their body's starting to feel it. You know, they're four weeks in, their body's really starting to feel it. And we're talking about doing a deload already. And I'm like, what? but they don't want to waste any time, right? And so they're both like, yeah, I do think it would be more beneficial. My legs are so tired, everything's so tired and everything just feels, I'm like, all right, well, let's do a, a deload four or five days or something. Because so th- it's important to get that feedback and um, listen to your body because your body will tell you, you know, when your nervous system's fried, when you're not feeling the motivation in the gym, like it, you're not going to lose muscle that quickly. It doesn't go away. Like it takes a lot longer than people think. Yeah. And so, and even if you do, it comes back very fast. Mm So, uh, yeah. So be smart, listen to your body. You're not going to ever be able to force more results because like if you're, if you're tired, your motivation's not there, you know, your body will need a rest every once in a while, especially how hard you're pushing the, the harder you push, the more frequent you'll need it, you know? So it's always that, you know, it's just like, um, there's like a volume versus intensity thing. You know, you could do a ton of volume if you have no intensity or you could do very low volume if your intensity is super, super high. Well, the longevity of breaks is going to be the same thing too. If your intensity is, is super high, you're going to probably need more deloads more often. You might need more days off throughout the week. You might need, you know, but you got to listen to your body and find what's right for you. So. Heck yeah, Adam. Yeah. You said it perfectly. <laughs> Heck to the yeah. Okay, so next up is decreased energy. And I think everyone experiences this. As you get closer to the show date, you're going to feel sometimes like a zombie, like you're just going through the motions, you're tired. But hey, I mean, it could mean that you're, it's working. <laughs> it could mean, or it might mean that you need a little break, just like Adam was talking about. So, you know, thank God for caffeine. <laughs> thank goodness uh, for energy drinks and coffee beans, you know. Oh, that's um Oh, somebody did not put their do not disturb. No, do not disturb. Right. Shame on I you. I know. Seriously. Shame. Shame. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I know. So embarrassed. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just froze the live. I just feel oh, bad for the live people. Oh, goodness. Well, hey, we're back. But we're back. What do you, I mean, when you have low energy, it's kind of like you have to prioritize your rest, your sleep, 
you know, sometimes you can't take that deload week off. Like, let's say you're like two weeks out from a show. Oh, yeah. Probably shouldn't take that deload week, but you definitely need to start prioritizing like rest. Yeah. You know, easier said than done. I'm a horrible sleeper. So, you know, whatever. But I try. I try. You know, I try to accommodate my schedule the best I can if I know that I'm getting close to a show and I need to give all my energy to the last few weeks of prep. You know, you do what you can. Um, but whatever the, what other suggestions do you have people dealing with low energy? Well, there's a couple factors that go into this, right? Um, and it also depends on how far this person is in ahead of their prep. You know, if you're behind in your prep, you're, you're kind of screwed. Honestly, if you're low in energy, you kind of have to keep going no matter what. So that's, that's the only issue. So what I will say is one of the biggest, one of the biggest factors in meal planning and creating diets for people is their active activity throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So their knee is a huge factor in it. And, and most people have to start dieting harder because their knee starts going down the harder the prep gets. So it's almost like counter, it's like super counterproductive. The, the harder you're dieting, the more tired you get, the less active you are, right? So therefore the calories have to go even lower now, right? And it's like, dang, I, th I thought I was doing pretty good. Well, you don't realize those little things that you're not doing now that you were doing before. Um, an example would be like wintertime, right? And people get a little heavier during wintertime because they're less active and they don't even realize why they're getting heavier. Well, you're at your house more. You might be nibbling on snacks more. But it gets dark at five. You don't want to go outside. Exactly. Like even when it was, when I was in Denver, I would like miss trash days because I was like, I don't even want to take my trash out today. I was like, <laughs> That's I just, really lazy. I was like, well, I also had a, uh, a, a driveway that was a little steep and I fell out it a few times trying to take the trash out. So I, I have a double excuse, but I fell on my, I hated, I hated the ice. I would always fall once a year on my butt really hard, at least once. Like, I don't know why. How I do you still have a tailbone? A you tailbone made of steel. I feel like I'm pretty sturdy, athletic, right? Okay. With, cause of my <laughs> upbringing. And then, and then I do something like slip on ice and it's like, so it's the least graceful slip on ice. Like, it's not like, oh, he slipped on ice. It's like catastrophic. Like, it's like embarrassing. Like, I would, if I posted it on, like, if I had a video camera, it would like, it would get a lot of views. Like, it's like this guy, like, feet go up. Like, it's just crazy, right? Oh I'm like, how gosh. does this happen to me? But no one else goes through like these catastrophic falls on ice. Nobody sees it though. Yeah. It's, I, was, I was in the 24 hour fitness parking lot once and I slipped on ice going into work and I had my six pack bag and I flew with so much momentum that my six pack bag that I had like over the shoulder <laughs> one, the thing broke <laughs> and it went flying forward. And I'm like, how's oh this even God. possible? Like, how did that even, oh, <laughs> so yeah. anyway. you know what the worst is? It's like when you, make, when you take a fall like that and when you're around people, people are just like, oh, are you okay? It's almost like, I'm just like, I'm so like, I'm just like, I'm fine. Right. Just, you gotta play it off you gotta laugh you gotta be like oh yeah oh that was yeah. funny i hate the feeling of people like coming to your i know that sounds bad like it's it makes me uncomfortable when people yeah. come to your aid like oh my god are you okay and it's like oh yeah i'm so good <laughs> i'm so embarrassed that's yeah i'm the same way it's oh. a, you just don't want anyone to see it right but yeah. of course i was like i was like the manager of the gym and like you know everyone's out there oh, i felt you know so anyway i just laughed someone at get it. the stretcher but, he but, fell Back to uh, back to knee. I mean, you probably burn a lot of calories in that fall. So <laughs> the recovery, <laughs> the, recovery yeah. the energy, the heart rate. Uh, so, but back to you know your knee. Um, that's something that you're gonna have to pay attention to, especially when you're really getting tired. Is how much energy you're not spending. You know, maybe over the weekends you were going to, with your girlfriends to the mall and you're walking and getting those steps in or doing whatever. Maybe going to the grocery store and now you're ordering on the app like me, <laughs> and so. <laughs> Giver does it. I don't do it. So, so actually so disappointed that I don't get my grocery store neat in. I and love grocery shopping. <laughs> it's like my favorite hobby. How can you just not do it? I don't know. It's so weird. I don't know. I feel like it's not time efficient, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But I, you got to get the neat in. Yeah, it's true. It's just true. I think there's a better value of my time than doing that, but. That's just how I think of things in terms of like investment of time. And they and always I, mess up these, these grocery orders. You say that is diet true. Coke and they give you full sugar Coke. Like, hello, not the same. Yeah. They make the exchanges not like, yeah. They're like not healthy people making the exchanges. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, they don't, they didn't have sugar free syrup. So here's just the, the full sugar. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know what that's I mean? That's not, that's not, not what I want. Yeah. That's a, for, that's a for sure thing. I happened the other day with Kimber. She ordered fat free cheese. They gave her regular cheese because there's no fat free cheese. So like that's the whole point of us ordering the fat free yeah. cheese was, <laughs> yeah, we will just not do the cheese. Yeah. So, 
Um, so that's something you have to pay attention to is just how active you are when you're tired. Cause that's going to affect your prep probably more than anything like your activity level. So, uh, you know, if you went from 10,000 steps a day to 3000 steps a day and because you're just sitting at the house, like, and you're not, you're, you're behind in prep. Well, guess what? You're, <laughs> you're not going to make it to the show. If you keep those steps down, you're going to have to diet really, really hard. You're going to do more cardio to make up for the steps. And so that's something that you're gonna have to pay attention to. Now let's go on the other side of things. If you're really tired and you're ahead in prep, well, then you're in a good spot because the exact opposite, we can ease off everything. And you'll probably look better at the show if you get to relax a little bit going to the show, if your cardio is reduced that last week, if your workouts are reduced that last week. But if you're the other person, you're not going to get that luxury. So that is one, that is the big differentiating between the two. Yeah. Mm. Well said, well said. Well, we're at the hour mark, yeah. Adam. And we're... <laughs> Where are we at on this list? No way. Number five. So we're at the number two of this. This is a fun one. If you one, though. like it, we'll do number two. Let us know if you guys want you guys a, like a it. part two of the hardest parts of prep. We'll post this on YouTube. It goes up on Mondays. So if, uh, put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. If you want us to do a part two of this, because we have a Even lot more. Even if you don't want us to do a part two, comment anyway, because yeah. we need that engagement. Yeah. Get up, good up all up in that algorithm, you know? Look, at you could say algorithm, but you algorithm. can't say bikini. Dude, I just made bikini <laughs> and competing a one word, basically. I'm, I'm in it in a bit. Bikining. Bikining. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. My flow is off today, Adam. I, I can't explain it. I call I, really muscular bikini girls bikigir. Okay. Yeah. So I get it. Or it could be bikini. Oh, I like bikini better. You know. Bikigir or bikini? What would I be? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> I don't know. What do you like better? I'm not your shoulders these days. Are oh, I'm not. Bikini. I'm not. No, yeah. no, no. I'm not. I would be the opposite. Like what's below bikini? I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I'm nowhere close to figure. Shoot. I'm struggling to be bikini. You yeah. Know? <laughs> what would you be? I don't know. I don't know. You, you let us know in the comment section below. <laughs> You're setting it up. Get for, us that setting algorithm. Up for yeah, get us, you know. we're, we're thirsty for comments. Bro. We're thirsty. And Adam already used up his one water bottle. So we're thirsty <laughs> for yeah. comments. Thirsty. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Bye.